Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. Let it fall fresh on us. We're ready for revival. Let it fall fresh. Let it fall fresh on us. And finally it says, it's coming down. It's pouring out. We need the rain. Now I know there's another song or two that use the that we sing in church with the very popular refrain of we need the rain, Lord. We need the rain, Lord. But the story still remains true no matter which generation is speaking the words. No matter which generation is writing the words, we need the rain. And in the Bible, we're not talking about that. Uh, we're, we're not necessarily talking about the physical. We're not talking about anything like that. But when the physical and the spiritual begin to intertwine, it becomes a little more real in your head. If you can see the physical, that's the reason so often in the Old Testament that we think, oh, it must have been so easy in the Old Testament because there was literally a cloud hanging over top of the temple and there was literal literal bodies of water splitting open in two and literal fire came down from heaven. And Well, I'll get there in a minute. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of James, chapter 5, verse number 16. I'm going to be reading there, and then I'm going to hop back to the Old Testament for the rest of this message. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed pastor said just a moment ago that he truly believed somebody was going to be healed today. And, and there's a... Uh, I'm going to hold up on that for just a second here. And I'm just going to share something that I'm truly feeling and believing right now. I hear so often that someone says, how do you know what someone needs to be healed of in a service? How, how is a preacher able to get up there and say, oh, I believe God wants to heal someone of heart disease today. And I've, every preacher I've ever heard say it says, I can feel something in that area of my body. And it just feels a little harder to believe when you know what's going on and wonder if something's going on in your head or if it's spiritual. But I literally can feel tightness in my back. My hand is hurting and I've got a little bit of a headache going on. And I know every single one of those things are going on for these people in this room. When I felt a twinge in my hand, I had to check over. I was like, is that the correct? Yes, it is. I truly believe God wants to heal someone today. Let's continue for why. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. That, of course, it means Elijah because you're hearing it from Greek, not Hebrew. 
Uh, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Three years and six months ago, by the way, was January 2019. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. We're going to turn to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18, and verses 1 and 2. It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab. Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. And there was a sore famine in Samaria. There was a sore famine in Samaria. Let's pray. Jesus, I believe you want to do something completely different, completely new, transformation sweep into this place today. I believe you want to pour down on these people. But something has to happen before you can pour out the rain. I believe that before you pour out the rain, there needs to be sign in the heaven. There needs to be a transformation in our hearts. There needs to be something transformed in the atmosphere, Lord. In Jesus' name, let it be so today. Let's bring these hearts and these minds back to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For three and one half years, no rain had fallen. The ground was parched, it was cracked, it was dry. Preachers were under deep cover, some by the hand of God and others by the hands of this inside man in the working of the palace. The wicked king and the far more wicked queen, they were on the search for a man that they blamed for the entire state of the nation, this prophet named Elijah. The Bible tells us Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. The prophet Elijah was a man with like passions as we are. Let me, what, what do we mean when we say like passions as we are? There's one particular translation the Bible puts it this way. He was just as human as we are. He dealt with the same temptations that you do. I don't know what his particular heavy vice may have been. We don't know for sure what area or what, what thing was his big thing. We don't know a lot about the origin story of Elijah. We just know what we see. We see a man that deals with fear, anxiety, and depression. We see a man that has an issue with spouting off in the mouth before he thinks. We see a man who gets a little bit sarcastic with people. We see a man who decides to isolate himself instead of turn for help. And man, do every single one of those things feel very comforting to this guy right here. But when he prayed earnestly, 
Another Bible translation says intensely. Another translation says fervently. God moved. Or rather, he stopped moving. The Bible says that the Lord pours out the rain on the just and the unjust. What can make God break his own fair code of justice? The prayers of a righteous man. The prayers of a righteous man. You see, the prayers of a righteous man made him, made God decide, I'm going to freeze time for Joshua. The prayers of a righteous man made it so that it turned dark in the middle of the day. The prayers of a righteous man, God can use a man that prays no matter what fault that man may have. And now we come to the beginning of 1 Kings chapter one, 1 Kings chapter number 18. Wicked King Ahab has been searching for three and a half years to find this slippery, slimy, sneaky, skilled prophet named Elijah. Three and a half years he has somehow remained completely and totally out of the public eye. He has survived despite all odds and now God comes to him after keeping him safe and sound for three and a half years he says show yourself show yourself and I'll send rain harvest house for three and one half years, you have tried your best to stay out of the public eye. January 2019, everyone in this place, three and a half years ago, I didn't realize until I woke up this morning, it was the first words out of my mouth was three and one half years, and then suddenly it hit me what three and, half, three and one half years ago was. It was the first words out of my mouth this morning as I, I stepped up and then... I immediately walked, opened my iPad, and was like, okay, let me just count back. January 24th of 2019 is, uh, would have been three and one half years ago, but three and one half years before this message with this title entered into my head would have been January 16th, 2019. Let me do just that. You see, the problem is, Elijah, what began the miracle for Elijah was when he decided to pour out what he felt like he could not pour out. And I was talking to my family early this week about the fact that I have issues with that very problem. I don't like pouring out some things. Three and one half years ago, January of 2019, my life transformed forever when I uh, had been in one of, probably, I felt like I was in one of the best places of my life, but I was doing really good at doing a lot of stuff without having a lot of real connection to the Lord. 
Um, I had been doing Bible studies, pouring out of my own pocket. I was working in the school system. Um, but I was incredibly comfortable being a little less than I should have been. And in the process of doing my job half-heartedly, I allowed myself to get a little curious, do something a little stupid, picked up a, picked up a knife, was falsely accused of telling a kid I was going to kill him. By the next Monday morning, I was called into the office and told my charges. And they said, well, consider this a learning experience. And I walked on out the door and thought life was going to be basically normal from that point forward. Yeah. You know, just a little different in my career goals. A little different in my focus. But by the end of the week, I was behind bars, and by the day after that, January 18th of 2019, my, fa my mugshot was plastered all over Facebook. <laughs> and the words that were said within a month, I can't exactly repeat perfectly word for word due to uh, the, the colorful language that the lawyer used. But his words were, stay out of Crittenden County. So for three and a half years, we've been I have had people tell me, try your best to stay underground. Yeah. Go dark was the words that was used, and I've, I was—I didn't touch social media for the next several months. And when I did, I started a whole new account. And I never quell. We've not been to camp for three years because your youth pastor is afraid to touch a background check right now. I single-handedly feel like to a great degree that I have hindered this very thing that we're dealing with right now. But let me put this more plainly as to what we are really facing. I've been bit clinical in just stating the facts. Let me put this a little bit more clearly, that the physical and the spiritual intertwine. You see, the problem is, this thing that we think of when, we when the word drought hits your ears in this place, started in May... And we were questioning in May just what the will of God was. But this story that I'm talking about today with Elijah first hit my ears in January 2019. 
when a, when a prophet of God told me, the brook's going to dry up. But you need to stay where you are. The brook is going to dry up. Stand your ground. This prophet Elijah, I've had mentioned to me multiple times because the course he was given was that he was supposed to pour out some anointing on some people. But because he was unwilling to step out and show himself as much as he should have, it had to be passed on to someone different. And when, and when it come time to fulfill the anointings that Elijah was supposed to pour out, Elisha told a young man to go to the top of a mountain carrying a box. And the prophet of God told me, you need to make God's testing you to see if you're willing to struggle with that box of anointing up a mountain. And then it all continues to come to a head when we are in the middle of, what's the date? Pentecost Sunday, 2022. And this prophet of Elijah begins to step into our brains once again when the story of the book, book drying up is told that there was a man of God who had to go and be sustained of a widow woman in the middle of a drought in a neighboring area. Don't you dare think that God is not actively trying to speak to this church about the, what's going on in the middle of this three and half, one half years. I have one simple sentence to put out here. Show yourself and I'll send rain. But it's not quite that easy, Elijah. Because once you show yourself, you are going to show yourself in an arena where you are gravely outnumbered. You are gravely outnumbered by a bunch of prophets that preach different doctrine than you do. There are a great number of prophets that preach a different doctrine than you do. And they are trying their best right now to do a lot of weird stuff to see a move of God. They're trying their best. They're doing a lot of weird stuff to see a move of God happen. There's 450 prophets standing up right now. And they are shouting and screaming and cutting themselves with knives. And there's a whole lot of people dealing with this self-harm business thinking they can see something happen when, with that. But instead, the prophet of God says, oh, keep on trying. Maybe your God's asleep. You're not seeing anything happen with that, are you? You're not seeing any results come out of attacking yourself. You're not seeing any results come out of this. You're, you're ineffectual leadership. They've got their leaders. They've got their churches. They've got their stuff that they're turning to instead. The time's going to come. He's so normal. Uh, let me just turn to the words in the book. You see, Elijah told Ahab to meet him on top of a mountain. Ahab and Elijah met on top of a mountain called Carmel, and he got together 450 of his prophets that worshipped the other god that they worshipped known as Baal. 
And Elijah stood alone on the other side of the aisle at a different altar with his sacrifice. 450 to 1 with a great audience standing before him. And Elijah tells the people, he says, okay, let me just put this clearly for you. Let me just lay out the rules. We need rain. We need rain. But before we can get to rain, you need God. You see, Ahab has said to me, are you the one that's troubling Israel? Oh, you prophet of God, you, you church over there, you, 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 you bunch of, you, you, you're old-fashioned and weird. And you, you don't like our new way of doing things. But I return the proposition that we are not the problem. I am not the one that troubles Israel. It's you and your wicked queen. Your spirit, your antichrist spirited wife Jezebel. Your antichrist spirit that's ruling your system. That's the problem here, Ahab. It's not us. It's not me. It's not whatever prophets are busy hiding with Obadiah. It's not us that has the problem. It's you. It's your system. It's your way of thinking. It's your anti-God solution. But Ahab, I'm done talking to you. Let me talk to the people. How long are you going to go back and forth between the two options? How long are you going to stand in the middle awkwardly and just question if you're going to be in or out? How long halt ye between two opinions? If God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. And Elijah got the same response I just did. The people answered him, not a word. It's the answer that I get a lot when I preach. It's the answer that we tend to get a lot when we preach. The people answered him not a word. They didn't move from their seats. They didn't come and stand by Elijah at his altar. They continued to stand there and say nothing. Elijah said, I am the only one that's left of the prophet of the Lord. Elijah, you will later find out by the mouth of God himself is wrong. Let me just put it to you. If you feel like you're the only one that's trying to do right, and you, you are wrong. There are churches all around you that are ready to stand by your side. There are people all around you ready to stand by your side. <laughs> there are people all around ready to stand by your side. They can do anything that you want them to do. They, can, they are always ready to help. But something may be keeping them from being able to... They're, they're just not sure. They're, they're, they're waiting. 
problem is that a whole lot of them are waiting to see what you'll do. And I'm, I'm not being speculative on that note. There's a lot of preachers out there. There's a lot of people. We go to these outside events and they, they say, well, what's going to happen? What's the state of the church right now? What's the state of Harvest House? What's going on with that water situation? What's going on? You see... They're waiting to see what you'll do, but you have to be, you have to say, choose you this day whom you will serve. You can go serve the other gods if you want, but you need to stand by this altar right here and say, I stand for God. Yet there's 450 on the other side. So here's what we're going to do. There, we're, we've got two bulls here. we got two bulls here. we got two bulls. One here, one there. Choose one for yourself. Cut it up. Lay it on the altar. Don't put fire on it. Now, it's really hard to make a burnt offering without a fire. In case. That's what they did with offerings. They were going to barbecue it. We're going to cook it up till it burned to a crisp and send the smoke up to the Lord. Yeah. The, the, the smoke would come up to God. God accepted it as a sweet savor to himself. Lay on it wood. Don't put any fire on it. Call on your God. I'll call on my God. Whichever one sends fire. Now, Elijah, hold on. I, I think you got this wrong. We're not after fire. We got enough heat as it is. Amen. It's it's a hundred degrees out there. It's a hundred degrees out there, Elijah. Our crops are dry already. It's easy to make fire right now. Everything's dry. Are you aware of that? It's not rain. Three and a half years, Mr. Elijah, sir. That's easy, right? Not as easy as you think it's going to be. <laughs> so they got out there and they're screaming, they're yelling, and oh, Bell, answer us. Oh, Bell, answer us. Oh, Bell, answer us. Oh, and they went on and on and on. For hours calling on their God until the time of the evening sacrifice. They're there all day. They're there, the sun's coming down, and nothing's happening. Elijah makes fun of him. I told you, he's got this sarcastic streak in him. He says, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Maybe he's he's talking or pursuing or on a journey. Or or maybe he's asleep and you've got to scream louder. 
And they screamed louder. They cut themselves with knives and lances and bloods gushing out all over them and the altar. And mid-days passed. They prophesied till the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. It's about, it's almost sunset. <laughs> it's almost sunset and nothing has happened. And Elijah said, okay, 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 that's enough. Let me take care of this. But let me, what? You're thinking, I don't know anyone that worships any other gods. What, what are these false prophets you're talking about? What are these other gods that they're worshiping? Let me put this clearly to you. They're serving other things. They're busy with their jobs. They're busy with their political solutions. I've heard it up and down. The uh, the reason for the drought is all the Republicans running the city. It's that city council doing stuff without the mayor's permission. It's just a bunch of redneck idiots that voted for the other guy. Think they can do whatever they want. And I dare say, at least in these days, they're honest. Because one thing is, they're busy worshiping a statue. But we're busy worshiping our redneck ingenuity. We're busy worshiping our politics. We're busy worshiping our jobs. If I can just earn enough money, get enough education, if I can just have whatever type of fun that I want, if I can just get that girlfriend, boyfriend, if I can just marry into the right thing or do the right thing, if I can, if I, if I can just get what I want, if we can just get this thing built up and fixed, everything will be back to normal. But I am going to tell you if... And if and when your water, our water situation gets fixed physically, there is still another problem going on. If God didn't do anything, but we continued to live in this place we are until mankind fixed it, the problem's not fixed, and the rain still hasn't fell. Because... There is a different problem, and that's the problem of the God that's being worshipped. Elijah's initial thing is still the case. We need to confess the faults that we have. We are actively pursuing other solutions while ridiculing the God that is the solution. There is a different problem, and we don't need rain. We need fire. Because God, Elijah said the God that answers by fire, he will be God. You see, God has already told Elijah, I will send rain. So for now, Elijah is plenty comfortable saying, God will send fire. Because the God that answers by fire, he's God. The God that answers by fire, because Elijah knew, you can yell all day long, fire's not coming down, because I've only seen rain come, I've only seen fire fall from heaven one time in my life, because there is a certain fire that always comes before rain. You ever seen a bolt of lightning strike real close up? 
was watching them the other day, this compilation video on Facebook. When you're really close to lightning, it don't look like a bolt of electricity like you see in the movies. It looks a little different. It looks like fire falling from heaven. You know what you guys haven't seen for a while is fire falling from heaven. Amen. You can scream all day, but with what else I heard? When I started looking up some of this stuff, is it possible for lightning to fall from a totally clear sky? No. There has to be a cloud somewhere. There has to be a cloud somewhere. There has to be a cloud somewhere. Elijah said, God already said he's sending rain. I believe this fire can fall. But the one that's going to send it is going to be, I've already been told, fire won't fall till I pray. Rain won't come till I pray. He believed his God enough to know that when I pray, rain's going to come. But there's something that's going to come before the rain, and that's going to be fire. Amen. You see, the spot where he, and he showed so much faith in what's going to happen. He got a lot of this stuff that we call water. They had some water on hand. He tells him to, uh, but before, before I get started, okay, he, he had to fix the mess that they'd caused. Yeah. <laughs> he built the altar up. He got himself 12 stones, built it the way that they were told to build, build altars out of these 12 stones representing the unified 12 tribes of Israel. And he built it. He took 12 stones, each tribe of the sons of Jacob. Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar as much as could contain two measures of seed. He built a deep trench all around the altar. And then he said, get me water. Four barrels of water. Pour it on top of the sacrifice. Soak it completely. Elijah, we already talked about this. First you want fire, and now you're soaking it to make it harder for the fire, which means God couldn't exactly send a simple little It's got to be big. It's got to be big, noticeable, clear, and obvious. And the God that answers by fire is going to be God. See, we need unity. We need something we can fit seed in. And we got to sacrifice what seems unsacrificable. Whether it's your time, whether it's your testimony, whether it's stepping out and trusting him was something that just don't seem like it makes any sense. Whether it's looking good and fashionable. Whether it's, your, uh, whether it's just, I don't want to do this because I'm afraid it might cause a problem. Yeah. I don't want to speak up because if I speak up, somebody might get mad at me. Yeah. Somebody might make fun of me. Yeah. 
I might not fit in. I, I, I'm not 100% sure how well I'm going to keep my position here if I speak up. Sacrifice what you don't think you can sacrifice. In their day, it's water. Jump the water all over the altar. Four barrels full of water. Pour it on the sacrifice and on the wood too. And then do it again. And they did it again. And then do it again. And they did it again. Three times. They poured four barrels. Three. They poured 12 barrels of water. Yeah. Over top of sacrifice. And the water was all around the altar. It filled the trench that he'd poured all around it. And then at the time of the sacrifice, at the exact time of the sacrifice, that's why he stopped them before they got to sunset, he prays this prayer. He says, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Lord God of Isaac, Abraham, and Israel. I let it be known this day that you are God. Let it be known this day that you are God. In Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that thou hast turned, that this people may know that you are God, that thou hast turned their hearts back again. And just like that, that's all that needed to be said. Because at that moment, the fire fell. The fire fell and consumed the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust licked up the water that was in the trench. I have no question in my mind that the fire looked like that. <laughs> in my mind, I saw... Look, I, I went looking up lightning strikes, okay? I showed a video... To, to mama of one that I found and I almost thought about just playing the sound of that video for this. The lightning struck the uh, as they were videoing outside of the school and they saw a tree that was in the yard of the school and as soon as the one second it lights up, it's gone immediately and then you just, the tree crumbles to the ground. It licked up the sacrifice. It consumed the wood. It licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they 
fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. That's what we need because the rain doesn't have to fall for the people to know that he's God. The rain doesn't have to fall for the people to know that he is God. The fire has to fall for them to know that he is God. Because the people that didn't see the fire fall didn't confess that he was God. You see next chapter that someone only saw the rain. They didn't see the fire and they were not repentant. But if you can, if they can see the fire, if they can know that Jesus is the one that sends the fire, if they can see the fire, then they will know that the Lord, he is God. We need the fire before we need the rain. The fire has to fall before the rain can come. Before God can send the rain, he must send the fire. The fire sounds like an issue. The fire sounds like what we don't want. The fire sounds like a problem. The fire sounds, no, I don't want fire. I want rain. Guess what? If this was a different season, you wouldn't want rain. You know what? Do you know how many times we've planned something and rain came along and we were mad? How, how many times has it been? It was a different year, a different time. And we're like, well, we really want to be able to have our fireworks show, but it's raining. We we really wanna we, we really wanna have a big day out and cook out and this and that. We want an Easter egg hunt. But it rained. Now we're having a prayer meeting searching for rain. But God said, before I send rain, I need to send fire. I need to clear the air. I need to open up something. I need to clear the air. There's a lot of people who searching for a lot of other things. We need fire more than we need rain. You, this is even in the book of Acts. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. But before he poured out his spirit on all flesh, the first thing we hear is a rush of wind and tongues of fire. Then the outpouring. And then they all began to speak with other tongues. We don't need this. We need the rain. But we need fire first. We're so busy looking for rain that we're forgetting about the fire we need fire we need Jesus. 
Oh, you're dry, but you need to hear the word of the Lord. Oh, dry burns, hear ye the word of the Lord. You need to come together. You need to join joint to joint. You need to join piece to piece. You need to get ready to stand. It's time to build muscle. It's time to receive the wind of God. It's time to receive something entirely different than you've ever received before. Seek on the altars different than before. Seek in prayer as never before. Seek in fasting as never before. When you do this, the rain can come, the fire can fall, and I can see a change made in these people as never has been and has never been yet and never again shall be. This place shall transform by the power of the name of Jesus. And after the fire fell, Elijah said, take those prophets of Baal and don't let one escape. They took them. Elijah brought them down to the brook and slew them there. Then Elijah told Ahab, get up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of the abundance of rain. Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went to the top of the mountain, lay down on the ground, put his face between his knees, said to the servant, go look towards the sea. He went up and looked and said, there's nothing. He says, go again seven times. And on that seventh time, he said, there is a cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. He said, go say they have prepared thy chariot. Get down so the rain can't stop you. It came to pass. became black with clouds and wind. There was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his loins.
loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Once the fire falls, once those healings get poured out that we talked about earlier, and those healings are going to happen today, I say to you in the name of the Lord, you will see healings today. If you come to God with your need for healing today, you will be healed today. You will leave here with your wounds healed. You will leave here with your pains gone. You will leave here with your nerves fixed. You will leave here with anxiety fixed. You will leave here with depression disappearing. You will leave here with a different mindset. You can leave here filled with the Holy Ghost if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost before. You are going to leave here differently than you come. But you need to approach God in the same way. Pour out what you can't pour out. Pour out what you think isn't an option. Sacrificing what seems unsacrificable. Join with people you think you can't join together with. Do things you think you can't do. Answer callings you are afraid to answer. Repent your sins that you don't want to admit. Confess your thoughts one to another. Pray fervently. Do something different. Be something different. We serve a God. He said, I don't want you to be conformed to this world. I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The power has to fall. Thank you. 
Yes.
Yeah. 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 Yeah.